You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, it's Friday here in downtown Starkville, Mississippi. It is another SEC baseball weekend. Don't get so excited over there, Bart. <laughs> Man, boy, you talk about two teams just kind of limping into things. But for somebody, they're going to feel a little bit better in the days to come. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory is here with me. This is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig as we get ready for a couple of teams – who would like to go back to their preseason spot in the rankings. You know, a lot of times you find yourself in the rankings and you say, well, let's just see how this ends up. We'd all like to go back the way it started. Yeah, do you remember when the polls came out about how many people were upset that we were number four in D1 baseball? Man, how can you put us number four? Of course, Vanderbilt was like number one, wasn't they? Okay, you look at the season Vanderbilt's had. And okay, so that drives Texas and Florida. Well, Texas, right Texas was number one. Texas was number one. Vanderbilt, I think, was number two. You had Arkansas in there and maybe number three, which goes to show you, as we're talking about it right now, and what we got three weekends left in the SEC, so that means we play 12 weekends of baseball. Next year in January, February, when the preseason rankings come out, they mean absolutely nothing because every single year, and, of course, we can't say anything this year because we were top ten preseason. Florida is always a, pro- a preseason top 10 team. They have a lot of subscribers. They probably have somebody in that coaching staff down there that feeds some information to some of these guys. And so they're always top 10 in the preseason. And, yeah, they won a national championship a few years ago under Kevin O'Sullivan. But, Charlie, based on preseason rankings and about all the talent that everybody always talks about that Florida has, that's kind of a disappointment, wouldn't you say, for their program to only win one national championship? No, I think it is. And of course, I think to some degree Florida this year dealing with some of the same things that we are, and that is right now to be good in college baseball, you need to be healthy. And we haven't been healthy. And, uh, you know, they've had their issues. Look, we both lost our best pitchers. They lose land. We lose Landon Sims. They lose Hunter Barco, who they now know is out. And so if all of a sudden you were trying to get things together for a late run, you'd feel a lot better if you had some of those guys kind of in your rotation, but they're just not there. They're not just two good guys. I mean, these are preseason All-Americans, both of them. And so Barco was a legitimate – he may have been the best pitcher in the league. If, if he stays you know, through the entire season, he may be your pitcher of the year in the SEC. And I know Tennessee's got some guys up there that pitched extremely well. But Barco may have been the class of the SEC. And Landon Sims on the back end. I know Landon had his difficulties you know, with record early on in the season as a starter. Of course, but, he was pitching fine. Yeah, he was it pitching just, fine. It, it was just wouldn't get, get wouldn't any, get any help. No. So it just goes to show you, preseason baseball polls and what people think going into preseason, even though the, some, sometimes people think they're experts, uh, you've got to let it play out a little bit. Well, so Florida comes in 8-13 and 13 in the SEC. Would not have expected that. Um, and it's deeper than pitching for them. 
you've heard me say before that I sometimes feel like coaches are a little bit like Methodist ministers. And what I mean by that is about every eight to ten years, it's time to rotate. Do you just the congregation needs a new voice, and the voice needs a new congregation. Oh yeah, and I think you can see that around the league right now. I think you we can see it at Ole Miss, and I think you see it at Florida. And you can say, wait a minute, Charlie, this guy won a national championship. What are you talking about? I hear you, but it just feels a little old. It it does, and not unlike Maneri <clears throat> at the end. No, no, not at all, not at all. I mean, they lost their season opening series against Liberty. Of course, Liberty's a pretty good team. They lost two out of three at home against Liberty to open the season. Florida did, and then you know they swept Georgia State. They played at Miami. They won two out of three at Miami, which Miami's playing well right now. They're a top five team, but then you jump in the league play. You win two out of three at Alabama, and then against LSU. Florida loses two out of three. Then at Georgia, they're swept. And that was kind of the weekend that they really got knocked back big time. But then they come back, they win two out of three against Arkansas. They lose two out of three at Vanderbilt, which Vanderbilt hasn't been that great this year. They almost got swept at Vanderbilt. They won four to three in ten innings in that Sunday game. And then they were swept at home against Tennessee. And in that Sunday game, they had a lead. They were up like four to two, two outs, you know, top of the ninth inning. And Tennessee hit some big home runs in there, and they end up losing and get swept in, a, in that series. And then they bounced back last week. They went two out of three at home against Kentucky. And so, yeah, it's been a, a more of an up-and-down team than you thought it would have been. And I know the injuries are in there as well, but it's not like that Barco was their only guy. But let me give you one other thing to ponder as we look through this. I just talked about him being 8-13 and 13 in the league. Go to warrennolan.com, the official RPI service of out of left field. Number 21, Florida. So you, and you say, well, how did their record get to be where it is? Because outside of quadrant one, they are 16-2. and two. They, They've had their losses – but they have had those losses, all but two of them, in quadrant one games. The other thing they have is a, a good strength of schedule in terms of the non-conference. And so right now they're at 21. And, again, I'm not a computer ratings guy, but we're sitting at 84. So what does that mean? One, I don't think this is a great team. But, two, it's time to make a move if you're Mississippi State. This is a good team to do it against. You got them at home. They're beatable. And it's going to be a very good RP. Look, and I hate to start talking this way. I think you're in the position of not talking two out of three. We need, we need, we need blocks. We need money. We Yeah, we need money. And so what, if all of a sudden you win three games, what does that do? It gives you – right now in quadrant one wins, we're eight and 13 in quadrant one games. 11 and 13 helps the math a lot better. Three wins against the 21 team helps the math. We need wins, and this is the weekend to get them. Well, we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks about how, you know, the RPI for us has not been great, and it's been hovering in the 80s. And that last, you know, last weekend's loss, two out of three against Missouri. And, oh, by the way, Charlie, we haven't talked baseball since Sunday, since our Sunday coffee. We came back Monday and talked about Bulldog Initiative. Then on Wednesday we talked basketball. We We haven't even gone back into this sport because of what last weekend did to us. From a mental standpoint of how it just completely knocked you back, and you're now in the 80s 
in your RPI. Now, the positive is, as you look on the schedule and you say, see an 8-13 and 13 team in the SEC, and the first thing you think of is, well, we can't make up a whole lot of ground this weekend, even if we did sweep. But then you start looking at the RPI and what that could do for you. I mean, you could play yourself down. If, if you really, if you win you know, five of your last nine games, I'm saying you win two out of three this weekend, and lo and behold, somehow, you know, you win two out of three next weekend and then two out of three the last weekend. You could get that RPI down to to 50, to be honest with you. Then all of a sudden, you may have played yourself back in, but it's a tall task to do. And so, but there there are opportunities out there. We talked about the great opportunities, you know, and that's what it is this weekend. You've got an opportunity to really – you know, knock into that RPI. That's the positive. If there's any positive about losing two out of three to Missouri last week, there's really no positive. I was going to say, just no. Yeah. But their RPI was not terrible. It's not like the Missouri of old where their RPI is 150, and then you get beat two out of three, and then you're done. And so it, it didn't just cripple you. Well, look, we're on life sport, and if we want to come off of it, this is the weekend because it doesn't get much easier on the back nine coming in, right? I mean, you've got A&M, which isn't, you know, exactly a juggernaut necessarily. But they're but playing better, man. They're playing a lot better. Okay, yeah, look, they got a winning record in the league. They're 12-9. and nine, So, And then Tennessee, who, by the way, got beat last night yeah, by about, Kentucky. Boy, Kentucky needed that. We were all Kentucky fans last night, wouldn't we? Oh, my goodness. You know, the whole bat deal, you know, the, last weekend against Auburn, the – the bat flipped by the Auburn guy, and then the toss, you know, Tony Vitello tossing the bat over. And did you see the article, the the, the Facebook message by the Auburn parent mom yes. the other day talking about how she had never been in a atmosphere in a stadium where she saw where she was as offended? And um, I'm not a big fan. I'll, I'll say this: I'm not a big fan of of parents getting on social media and talking anything negative or saying anything. I'm just not a big fan of that at all. At the end of the day, if you want your kid to play in big time sports, you gotta you know, you gotta be big time. And so you, you gotta stay away from that. That's just me. Um but hey, we were all Kentucky fans last night. When you look at this series, when you look at State and Florida, you know, we won the last three series against Florida and four of the last five. We played Florida you know, every year between 94 and 2007, and they won eight of the 13 meetings. But, you know, I think back to 2018. They had won the national championship in 17. They were number one in the country in 2018. And they came in here, and we said at the time, Charlie, not on this show because this show was not born yet, we said, hey, you know what? You kind of wonder what Florida's got to play for. And they didn't play. It's kind of like Tennessee in in a couple weeks. And we swept them. We had to sweep them to get into – we had to win one to get in the SEC tournament, and we end up going to Omaha. It's funny how when everything is done, you kind of look back and forget about the difficult moments. But I remember just getting in that booth and getting ready for that game and thinking, oh, man, we got no chance. We're about to get run out of here. And remember, that was the first weekend that I can remember, by the way. And I can't remember who hit it, but I remember a ball being hit off that – rounded wall down in right field. I think it was Mangum. Was it that just, Mangum? It, it just ran forever. And he ran and he – yeah, it was Mangum. And, and he, a certain athletic director uh, reached out to us and said, who designed that stadium that way? What a <laughs> terrible idea. So, 
Yeah, you know, if you go back, was it 1989 that we set the attendance record? We had a doubleheader against Florida. Was it 88 or 89? That was the 89 season. Yeah, it was 89 because 88 the year before was LSU. And then we come back in 89 and we had the 14991 that everybody said was unattainable. And I think that was the year that uh, Burke Masters hit the walk-off in game two because he had a doubleheader that day. Yeah. That's a lot of people for a doubleheader. It was a was a big crowd. That was a um, that was a hot day. Am I wrong on that? Wasn't it a real hot day? We played that doubleheader against Florida. Yes. Um, the thing I remember about the Florida series, I think in 1990. Yeah, we went down to Florida in 1990, and Tommy Raffo had the big day. Had the big home run. Went opposite field. That little jet stream. Well, McKeithen Stadium. You know they're playing in that new ballpark down at Florida. But you talk about a launching pad, McKeithen Stadium of where they used to play, right there by the O-Dome. Man, it was a it was a non-pitcher's ballpark. Zanino, Mike Zanino, hit a ball off Jacob Lingren that I promise you one-hopped and hit the O-Dome. I mean, it went over the bus in left field. We had parked the bus in left field, and it went over the bus. And so you had some big series. You know, we went down there and uh, – in 2011, in a Super Regional, lost the first game. Then Vickerson hits the walk-off home run. We talked about this a few weeks ago with uh, with Wes Thickpen, the catcher. And then uh, we had the lead in the seventh inning. You had uh, Brent Brownlee had a big single through the left side. We had a lead, and then we bring Caleb Reed in, and he's uh, you know, he's pitching late in that game. And the guy just changed up down and away. Went and sent it out of the yard, three-run home run, and Florida ends up going to the College World Series. And we almost had to fight our way out of there. Nick Mangione, you talk about uh, Kevin O'Sullivan doing the big uh, gator chomp and all that. Yeah, and, you know, that was the one where there was a pop-up right at first base. Yeah. And Mangione arguably didn't get out of the way. Didn't have to, but – it might have been walking in a direction when he didn't get out of the way. <laughs> didn't get out of the way. And they tripped. And then the Florida dugout started yelling at Nick. And then, you know, uh, no, it was our dugout. Our dugout was over there. And O'Sullivan comes over there and says something in our dugout. Of course, we had a couple guys in our dugout that popped something back. And then I think John was actually looking at the at – the, and I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here. I may be completely wrong here. But I think John was in the back of the dugout, like, looking at the scorecard. And Butch was standing on the railing. And literally, I thought I thought Butch was about to show the Monroe County Redneck, <laughs> and uh, and go after O'Sullivan. That was beautiful. Now and then, after the game's over with, like everybody was talking on TV, man, it looked like the coaches were getting into it. Um, Norris, who was an assistant coach at Florida, he and Butch had coached together, I think, at Georgia. And so Norris is between Butch and O'Sullivan because I think Butch was going after him. I mean, I think he was ready. And so anyway, good times. That was. Uh, that was not a good ending, but that was a uh, that was one we'll talk about for a while. Yeah, and I feel like Caleb Reed just continues to get the short end of things. It's like nobody can tell that story without either you or Lane or Butch wanting to bring. Hey, we brought in Caleb Reed. I think, man, we we got beat. I mean, I, I'm going to stick up for my guy here. No, uh, it was I mean, it's it, like everybody. Let, hey, let's remind everybody that Caleb Reed got gave up the head on a changeup. But it was a good it was a good pitch. That's okay. the thing. I mean, sometimes you have a good pitch and you get beat on a good pitch. All right, so let's talk about the uh, the pitching matchups this weekend. Brought to you by our friends at Mosquito Joe. Talked to Bob Carlton yesterday, Spanky Robert Carlton, 
And we're talking about Mosquito Joe. I was actually talking about the misting system on my front porch and back porch. And then we were talking about, you know, just kind of this is the time of year. Those guys have gotten extremely busy right now. They've got those barrier treatments. They can come out and spray the edge of your property. And then they have the misting systems. That's what we were talking about that, that kind of, you know, makes it, a no zone, a no fly zone area for those mosquitoes, but they can treat you know, for ants and for ticks and fleas and things of that nature. And uh, one of the reasons that I'm putting that system in my yard is because, hey, I used it here in Startville, and it was a game changer, complete game changer if you wanted to go outside. And so they say it uh, perfectly, make outside fun again because you can go outside and sit outside after you have those great treatments from our friends at Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi and then in the Jackson area. So if you're in Tumsuba, if you're in Caledonia, if you're in Madison, wherever you are, Union, Philadelphia, Louisville, Nanawoya, you can call our good friends at Mosquito Joe, East Mississippi, and the Jackson area, and they will make outside fun again for you. Okay. Pitching matchups, early in the season, we thought this was going to be Hunter Barco and Landon Sims. And so now it's Brandon Smith for Mississippi State and Brandon Sproat for the Florida Gators. And, hey, Sproat's been pretty good the last couple weeks. In the last couple of weeks is kind of the key phrase there. Sproat, if you listen to the draft guys, they'll tell you that Sproat arguably has, and I reject this, okay, this is why – and we'll prove this wrong here in a minute. They say this is the the profile on him. Might have the strongest arm in the entire conference. What? Yeah, look, as long as there's a guy up at Tennessee. Throwing 105. Throwing 105. Let's, uh, let's tap the brakes on this one. But here's what Sprode is. He's a guy who can throw it. He can throw it hard. And then it goes back to when you start looking at how hard somebody throws, what you then have to ask yourself is over what period of time. It's like we talk about the guy at Tennessee. Well, he can throw 105. Well, you might do that over a 15-pitch sequence. But when you're trying to go six innings, you're not doing that. This is a guy who can throw 97, 99, but he's probably going to be more like 94, 95, 96. Here's the thing you don't like. Um, by the way, fastball, slider, he's got a cutter, and he's got a changeup that he'll use. Commands his slider pretty good. He has a pretty good changeup. Here's what you're not going to like. His fastball is, as they say, heavy, which means it has sink to it. He struggles to throw strikes, but if he keeps it in the zone or if we do not have zone discipline and are kind of trying to run out there and chase those sliders, it's going to be a long day. But this guy, look, he's going to pitch to – I won't say he'll pitch to contact. I mean, he's a strikeout guy. He's basically a strikeout and inning guy. But the thing that he will do, though, is he'll get ground balls. And how many times have we seen us struggle with guys who basically are those – look, anybody struggles with a power arm more times than not. But then the question becomes, a guy with sink, you don't love that. No, power with sink – and, and we've talked about this some, Charlie, and, and not trying to talk over anybody's head because we're not, we're not the experts either. But if you've got movement down, we have shown the propensity to, to pound balls in the ground. And uh, we did it last Saturday against Missouri, and that was kind of what our kryptonite was in that game. Of course, falling behind big early was, was really bad, but you had a guy on the mound who was getting a lot of ground balls. 
usually with high velocity guys, you talk about high, you know, spin rates, RPM, they're keeping the same plane. You get a lot of strikeouts. It's kind of like we see with Preston Johnson, a guy that gets, you know, a lot of RPM with his fastball, which holds its plane down in the zone. You get more strike threes called the bottom of the zone, but you also give up some fly balls and some home runs. So you rarely see guys that throw 94, 95 that have downward action. You just don't see it as much. And here's the thing that you throw in there to me, Charlie. A lot of times guys who throw 95, 96 don't develop a good cutter until they get into the minor leagues. And that's usually the pitch that gets them to the big leagues. I think of a Kendall Graveman. That was the pitch that got him to the big leagues. Of course, you start talking about cutters and Mariano Rivera. Guys, with, you know, you don't, it's not a typical slider where you're losing, say, you know, eight miles an hour off your fastball. You're losing about four miles an hour off your fastball, and you're getting late action down and away from a right-handed hitter, just slight. Yeah, and I'd say when you look at Sprout, he's a guy that's going to lose more like 10, 11 miles on his slider. I mean, he is very much a, a mid-80s slider guy, but that cutter can, can be tough. And, look, mixing the changeup, he has not been terribly good against left-handed hitters. You know, batting average-wise, I mean, this is a guy who's hittable, right? Left-handers hitting 292, right-handers 252. But the thing he's done, he's been pretty good with guys on base. You know, okay, flip the page and look at us. Brandon Smith has been good since going into that starting lineup on Friday or the game one of the series. Brandon was good last week, of course. He had a big lead to work with in that game. Here's the thing that worries you a little bit about tonight. For, for Brandon Smith. And Brandon has been a strike thrower. That's been a positive. But Florida leads the SEC in getting hit by pitch. I mean, these guys are right on top of the plate, and they don't move. I mean, it's just, hey, they are what they are. It's a good identity to have when you can't hit. And this has not been a team that has hit well offensively. Langford's pretty good. Fabian's pretty good with, a, with his average, but in league play it's not that good. We'll talk about that later. But – Florida is a team that will get on top of the plate. And what's the thing about Brandon Smith? He's got a lot of arm side run. He has movement. When he is pitching well, he is getting arm side movement. These balls riding into right-handed hitters. And so for Brandon, one of the great things, he can pitch well when he's getting good movement. But that's one thing that worries you about good movement laterally coming in is if he starts a ball on the inner third of the plate and say that ball runs, you know, 12 inches inside, it may catch some kneecaps, and that worries you. Yeah, free bases, we tend to focus on walks. Hit by pitches do the same thing. And so you just can't allow those. So let's take a look at our matchups on Saturday. And I paused for a minute there because I was – trying to remind myself which day of the week it was and whether this was the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Boy, I just get thrown out of sequence uh, when we have these Thursday games. But we don't this week. It's a normal baseball weekend. By the way, a couple of games on, I think we've got the SEC Network and ESPN, you maybe, Kyle Peterson, Tom Hart, who I believe will actually be in town, which those guys are good. They're better when they're here. Yeah, and it's good to have those guys here. Yeah, it's uh, SEC Network tonight, and that game is at 7 o'clock tonight. And then 6.30 tomorrow night, a rare Saturday night game. And so ESPNU tomorrow night at 6.30. And then, Charlie, you and I will crawl in the booth on Sunday. We've got a 1 o'clock start here, and so we'll get the uh, the game three this weekend. 
I'm not used to having somebody in our booth, Charlie. I'm not used to having someone sitting in our chair the last couple of years. And so I hope Tom does not move around my stuff. You know, I've got that bookcase back there. It's got all kind of stuff in it. And so I need to I need to go over to the stadium and put up a little note that says, do not touch. This is Bart stuff. Tom Hart, do not move it. Yeah, we'll see how far that gets you. <laughs> uh, probably a, a guarantee that it'll all be gone. Um, all right, let's look at Saturday. Preston Johnson going for Mississippi State. You know about Preston. You nailed it. Keep the ball down. All those good things. Let's not give up a ton of home runs. Uh, but Preston's going to give you, you know, more times than not, he's going to give you a good outing. I look for him to bounce back this week, have a good outing at home. Brandon Neely, freshman pitcher for Florida. He's been good for them this year. 2-0 and record, ERA under 3.5. Neely has been good against lefties and righties. He hasn't hurt himself with walks. He is a, basically a strikeout and inning guy. This is a promising pitcher. It'll only be his fifth start when he takes the mound here on Saturday against Mississippi State. But ERA, like we said, at 3-3-5. But here's what you got. 40 innings pitched. He's only walked 10. He struck out 43. And opponents are hitting 177 against him. And so then you start to dig a little bit deeper in the numbers. And you say, all right, where's the weakness? Is he Does he struggle against left-handers? No, they're hitting 194 against him. How about right-handers? 163. I mean, the guy's been good. Yeah, and then, okay, I'm, I'm going to go in real quick. And, you know, one of the things that we have so many people ask me about last week, text-wise, tweet-wise, was, hey, what's the wind going to do? You know, tonight the wind's going to be blowing out at about eh, eight, nine miles an hour at the start of the game. Now, with it being a night game, it's going to, it's going to die down as the night gets there. Tomorrow, you're going to start the day out of the northwest, which is left field foul pole to right field foul pole, 11 miles an hour. And we're talking about Preston Johnson right here, who has given up some home runs. But tomorrow night, it's supposed to shift out of the northeast, which would be blowing straight in. That's kind of what you need with Preston Johnson out there, to be honest with you, because as we said, he's a high RPM guy that gets a lot of fly balls. And so the wind should not be a big factor the next two days. And then, uh, well, tomorrow. It could be a factor tonight early in the game, but you're playing a 7 o'clock game. Eh, it may be a little factor first three innings. Then Sunday is really not much wind at all, four miles an hour out of the east. I don't think it's going to be a, a factor anyway in the Sunday game. So that's a positive after playing in that you know, gale of a win last weekend at Missouri. So here's something interesting about Neely that kind of ties into the win. We had talked about with Sproke how he gets all the ground ball outs. Neely twice as many fly ball outs as ground ball outs this year. Yeah. So you're going to go from sink one day to guy that kind of keeps it up the next, and you're going to be getting under balls. It's going to be interesting to see if you can get some lift on him and – Here's the thing, though. If you look at this stadium, very different than the old one, you get some carry. Oh yeah, you get right center field. A ton of wind. Yeah, right center field, man. If anything goes up, you're broadcasting the ball game. Anything goes up with a little heat to it, the right center field, you're like, all right. Yeah, pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Watch, watch the barbecue sauce and the sausage out there, and in right center field with uh, the tiki lounge and stump and haze and Charlie Winfield's of the world. That one's going to have some heat in the right field. Um, Sunday, so looking at the Sunday game, they've got the big old TBA throwing up, throwing for them. And then, of course, uh, you will have Kate Smith throwing for us. This Sunday game could be big. Last week, Florida, 
Yeah, they, they did not have a whole lot of success in the Sunday game. That was the only game they lost last weekend against Kentucky was that Sunday game. And so they, uh, they're going TBA in the Sunday game this weekend. Yeah, and you, you start to ask yourself, why are they going TBA? It's because I think they – sometimes you go TBA, but you kind of know who it is. I think what you're seeing for Florida right now is last week they went with Ryan Slater. Slater went three and a third, but he gave up four earned runs. He got hit pretty good. They bring in Fisher Jamison behind him. He went four innings, allowed only one run. And so you say, ah, oh, well, maybe Jamison. That, that's a couple of freshmen right there. Jamison's a big guy, 6'5". And you say, hey, well, maybe that's the guy you're going to give the start to. I think they're in a situation, though, where they're going to kind of wait and see who has to pitch on Friday and Saturday. Because if you have got feel like you've got to use Jamison out of the bullpen, then all of a sudden maybe go back to where you were on the Sunday start. I think what you're going to see is a couple of teams who feel like they need some wins, and if they see a win in reach, they're going to try to grab it with whatever arms they've got. Yep. Hey, we're going to have to have leads with our starters on Friday and Saturday. We can't get into Casey Hunt early in Friday or Saturday game. Uh, we're, we're going to have to have good starts out of our starting pitching. Of course, the other thing that I don't want to see, though, is I don't want to lose a couple of games to get to Sunday – and all of a sudden, Jackson, Fristo, KC Hunt haven't pitched. haven't pitched a meaningful inning. Right, that gets uh, that gets a little tough to take. But probably time now, Bart, uh, for us to take a look at our two brothers, two players two guys to kill, to, could kill you. Yeah. So I'm going to let you go first here. Who, who you got for Florida? All right. First of all, it's Friday. That means it's my two brothers' day, and so it's my Smoke Wings Friday lunch day. And I do not have a book that I have to put together for tonight's game, so I'm just going to go in there and enjoy my lunch. Whether I go in there by myself, whether I invite some friends, you not included, Charlie, because you made fun of me a couple weeks ago about not wanting to talk to me at Two Brothers. But Two Brothers, they have the great food. What a great addition to the Startwell restaurant clientele scene. It is, it's, it's perfect. Man, I'm, let me tell you, the atmosphere is great to go in there and watch a big game. The, the bar scene at night is pretty cool as well. But the food, and that's what they've, they've made their hay on, their, their food is just simply outstanding. And so I talk about the wings. I always go in and get the wings. The barbecue cheese fries are outstanding. Hey, the tacos are, are good stuff. And, man, if you just want some good pulled pork, the ribs, whatever, I mean, it's great. It's just good stuff at uh, Two Brothers Smoke Meats right here on University Drive in the heart of the Cotton District. Sit outside. It's a perfect time of year, late afternoon. Uh, grab you something to drink, sit outside, and kind of people watch. Watch people walk up and down University Drive in the Cotton District. All right, Charlie, the Two Brothers, two guys can kill you. My first guy, I'm going to go, and I listen, you're probably going to hit one of these uh, one of these guys. I'm going to go with Judd Fabian. He is not. He's hitting under 200 in SEC play. That's the thing that stands out to you. But he is a guy that he can run into one in a hurry. He's got 19 home runs on the season. If you look back in the midweek game this past week, uh, then when they won like 18 to three over South Florida, he had three home runs and eight RBIs. In that game, he went three for four in the game on Tuesday night. And while he has not hit it well in league play, he went one for eight last weekend against Kentucky. He went 0 for eight the weekend before that against Tennessee at home. But he is just that type of guy that he can run into one in a heartbeat. And if you leave him one thigh high 
and the wind is really not a factor in this ballpark this weekend, it's still a hitter's ballpark. And so I, I worry about Judd Fabian in the meat of that order. All right, I'm going to go with the left fielder, Wyatt Lankford. He's a sophomore out of Trenton, Florida. Six one. He's a right-handed hitter, but Lankford's kind of the guy on this team who's kind of around the top of all their categories. He's a three thirty nine hitter. Outside of Fabian, he's the guy that hits for the most power. He's got 14 home runs. He can run a little bit, five stolen bases. I think, you know, Langford is the guy that I'm kind of looking out for this weekend. I realize we got a – you got Fabian who is, man, just a mystery, right? Because yeah. he just has not performed in SEC play whatsoever. But if you look at Langford, he's the only guy on the team hitting over 300 in league play. This is a team, by the way, Florida, hitting 237 as a team in SEC play. Lankford's done his part. He's been a 301 hitter. He's got eight home runs. Strikes out a little much for my taste, but he's the guy that that I would look out for. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, my honorary mention would be Sterling Thompson, too. Sterling Thompson went four for 11 last weekend against Kentucky. He had six RBIs in that series. He had a hit in each of the three games against Tennessee the week before that. He went four for 13 that weekend against Tennessee, and those numbers are not great. But uh, he is a guy as well that could hurt you. So, yeah, my my guy, Judd Fabian, so you're going Wyatt Langford. I was going to go with Wyatt Langford had I not gone with Judd Fabian. But then you think about Sterling Thompson, number 26 as well. He's also a guy that could hurt you, and that's our two – brothers, two guys that can kill you here on our Friday Deep Dig. We haven't talked about the Tracks Plus. I actually went by Tracks Plus, the original location yesterday. They've added on down in Hickory at the Hickory exit on I-20. And uh, they got a gr- lot of great machines in there down there right now. Uh, Saney Excavators, I tweeted that out yesterday, Charlie, about the mini excavator. You didn't tweet me back. I mean, you didn't even, you didn't even like it. I mean, you didn't even reply to it. I had all kind of people replying to it. And so you didn't reply to it. I need you to get you on that uh, mini excavator, those big excavators. They got the Barco equipment for the Foresters down there. The Massey Fer- they had some Massey Ferguson tractors that I just wanted to load up on a trailer and bring to the house. Box blades, implements, all these things, different things, bush hogs, whatever you need from hay rakes, Massey Ferguson. And so that's in uh, Hickory, Mississippi. And go by and see our good friend, Ken Crosby down in Hickory. Of course, Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton in Columbus, Mississippi. And then down in Summit, Mississippi, you got Grace Howell and then Hoop Weems down in Alexandria, Louisiana. They're about to open up some new locations as well. That's coming on the scene in the next month. We'll talk about those when they open up. But our good friends at Trax Plus bringing you our Trax Plus deep dig. All right, Bart. It's about that time. We've talked about meatloaf, man. We've won two of our last three series, and about two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three last weekend was bad. I mean, yeah, we, we could, was tough. We could, we could rework that song a little bit. I don't know if two out of three this weekend is um, – No, uh, two out of three is not terrible taken in and of itself. I mean, look, if you take two out of three from Florida, that's typically a good thing. So it's not necessarily that you would look back on a weekend where you went two out of three – and said this was a terrible weekend standing in isolation. It's in the context of where you stand. Oh yeah, you've dug yourself down in the hole right now. You've got to you got to climb some steps. Yeah, I mean we got to we got to knock down some shots from here. I mean, yep. we, we need something to go right for us. And so it is that time. By the way, thanks to our friends at Farm Bureau agents in all 82 of Mississippi's counties. 
and you know that there were 82 counties if you paid attention in Mississippi history as a kid. I did. And so all 82 counties, you go find somebody there. Hey, check them out, favorites.com. If you're in the need for insurance, check out our friends at Farm Bureau. So, Bart, we'll get back together on Sunday morning. You and I have the ball game Sunday. What time is that game Sunday? 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. So we'll get together early. We'll break uh, down the first two, have a little Sunday coffee. But until then, hey, let's go get a pair. Two or three. That would be good. Two of three? Well, let's get all three. Yeah. No, no. Let's, let's take them. All right. See you all Sunday.